Against the better judgment of respectable gentlefolk everywhere, this is the wildly inappropriate podcast of Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, England's only poet laureate of the piss pot. This podcast is not for children, the dull-witted and infirm, or the morally indignant. Arthur takes no responsibility, and never has, for damn near anything. This week's episode, Arthur Finds an Alley, and Hiddly Diddly Diddly Who. Hello everyone, it's me, Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, and welcome back to the wildly inappropriate podcast of Arthur Greenleaf Holmes. Uh, thank you for joining me once again. Today we will be talking about uh, my poem, The Wee Irish Man. The Wee Irish Man, uh, one of my earliest poems. And this brings me back to when I was first starting out in the venture that would become Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, because I had been cast as a poet at another festival. And uh, at the time I had been spent, well, I'd spent about 20 years, I suppose, doing something called The Mud Show, with a troupe called Theatre in the Ground. We did adaptations of Beowulf and Dante's Inferno in a large pit of mud. We were these beggars. And out of that, I developed a street routine in which I would sit in the ground, and I know this sounds very highbrow, but I would hit myself in the head with a pan that looked like a cast iron skillet, but was in fact an old uh, antique campfire pan, and the bottom would pop in and out. And uh, when you hit your head with the popped out side, it would pop back in and make a big clanging sound. I would wear a pad underneath my my uh, my uh, hat, and so I'd never really hurt myself doing it. In fact, I once saw an Abbott and Costello routine in which they were being chased. No, no, I'm sorry, it was Laurel and Hardy. They were being chased by, I believe, police officers, and one of them grabbed one of these pans. It was in a it was in a restaurant kitchen, and he smashed the police officers as they came through the door. And I stopped it and I looked at it. I said, "Yes, that's." That's what they call a hot hand. It's what it's the same pan that I used to use. So I believe that that pan was a, a prop often used in vaudeville. Anyway, uh, I had developed this, uh, this character, and I was getting sick of it. I was outgrowing it, I thought. And then I started playing this poet, and I wanted to take it to other festivals as a street character, you know, to, 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 to stand out on the street as a poet and invite people to listen to my poetry. And I only had a few poems at that point, maybe four or five I'd written. I bought a cheese and thought of you, the wee Irish man. Uh, what else did I had? I think I, I had a, a poem called Live Every Day As If It's Your Last. But the problem was that I could never get anyone to stop. I, I even talk about this in my show that in the very beginning, asking people if they wanted to hear a poem uh, was a little bit like asking if they wanted to come see your amateur improv night. It... it, it didn't really garner much excitement. And I remember I was at the the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, and uh, my friend Mark Goldfarb, who makes these custom-made leather boots, he owns a business called Catskill Moccasins. Look it up. Exquisite stuff. And he had this booth, and next to it was what could only be described as a little bit of an alley, this untended, uh, unused area between his booth and the next booth. And Mark's a good friend of mine, and he always loved it when I came by and did a poem. And I asked him if I could use that alley, and he said, yes, yeah, certainly. So I moved into the alley, and I decided I was going to become what I called an alley poet. And I had a little desk back there, and I had a, a, a you know, glass and a little bucket for taking tips. But still no one would ever stop to listen to a poem. I said, would you like to hear a poem? No, no. And I remember I was getting very discouraged really quite discouraged. And I was out on the street, and uh, I saw my friend 
who was the artistic director of that festival, and he was with a friend that he was showing around. And he saw that I was discouraged, and he said, uh, well, what's wrong? I said, well, no one, no one wants to hear this poetry. No one's stopping. This isn't going to work. And I tell you, I was right on the verge of giving this whole enterprise up. And he said, well, well let's see what you've got. Recite a poem first. And I, I flipped to The Wee Irish Man. And I often overwrite material. I, I often um, spend too much time developing something when I could really cut to the quick. And in this moment, I started reciting this poem. And as I'm reciting it, I edited out lines of the poem that I thought were extraneous. And I just did that in the moment. And my friends started laughing, and his friends started laughing. And as I continued, I started laughing until we were so doubled over with laughter, we could hardly speak. At the end of it, I looked up at him and I said, can I get away with this stuff? Because I wasn't sure how far I could go with it. I said, can I get away with this? And he said, yes. And that was the moment in which I decided that I wasn't going to give up on it. But still, I had a problem. I needed people to stop. And I went back to my alley. And this was uh, maybe another week later. And I'm watching people go by. And again, I'm discouraged. And I see this group of maybe five or six people, maybe in their early 30s. And they've got beers. And they look like they're having a great time. And I walk up to them. And I don't know what made me say it. But I said, excuse me. Would you like to hear something wildly inappropriate? And they stopped on a dime. And they said, yes, yes. And I said, come with me. Actually, I asked them three questions. I said, uh, first of all, are you... Um, are you over 18? And obviously they all were. And I said, are you pregnant or breastfeeding? And I looked at one of the men dubiously. And finally I said, are you easily offended? And they said, no. And I said, damn it. Anyway, come with me. And I brought them into the alley. And as they're coming into this alley, and I didn't clean up the alley. I'm, in fact, I made it a little bit more decrepit. They come into the alley and they're thinking, what are we getting into? And I picked up a book. And I said, uh, my name is Arthur Greenleaf Holmes. I'm a poet of a largely corrosive nature on a scale of one to ten. Uh, ten being the most wildly inappropriate of my poems. What would you like to hear? And they said, ten. And I looked at them in shock. And I said, are you certain you, you want a, a ten? And they said, yes. So I took the book in my hand and I tossed it to the ground and I reached over and I grabbed another one, a thicker one. And they're laughing at this point. And I recited uh, one of my poems. I believe it might have been The Wee Irish Man. I don't think that I'd written I Built My Love a Menstrual Hut yet. And that was to come very shortly thereafter. And that became my 10. Um, but that was the beginning of it. And I started, <laughs> and as they left, I was waving to them. A little bit like John Cleese in Time Bandits as he's Robin Hood saying goodbye to the dwarves as they leave. Oh, I thank you. And then... The next group of people came by. And it, the, the thing about seeing that group of 30-year-old people, it, it made me realize what I was trying to do. Because I had been at these Renaissance festivals for a while. And yes, there are body shows. But I wanted a show that didn't just glance at bodiness. I wanted something that went all the way. Because people like that, I knew they were watching HBO. They were watching Game of Thrones. Or they later would watch Game of Thrones. And they were going to comedy clubs where people use filthy language. I knew that they were capable of taking this sort of stuff. I also knew that older people who were fans of George Carlin back in the day, who had read a bit, who had traveled a bit, who'd lived a bit, maybe they were retired. I mean, the, the, the people that taught me English and philosophy and political science in college, I knew their sense of humor. And I knew that they would laugh at this stuff as long as you did it with style, as long as you did it with a certain love of language or imagery 
And as long as you made it either cartoonish or absurd, that's how you can get away with it. Today's episode is sponsored by Mumbly Sprite. Yes, Mumbly Sprite, the delightful toy for the impoverished that goes and goes. A potato is just a potato and a stick is just a stick. But put the two together and you've got Mumbly Sprite. Watch it go. Look at it go. It just goes and goes for hours of fun. Watch it go. What can a Mumbly Sprite do? What can't it do? It can wiggle. You can jump with it. You can look at it. You can watch it go. Look at it go. Mumbly Sprite. So sit your impoverished ass down and play with the fucking Mumbly Sprite potato on a stick because you've got Legionnaire's disease. My God, that was harsh. Who was our sponsor? So that was the beginning of it. And uh, word started to spread. It spread very quickly that there was this alley poet. And I remember as the midday parade would go by, I'd be standing in my alley waving to people, and I'd start <laughs> getting these looks of recognition. Uh, so I became the alley poet, and that was before I had a stage show. But that's the beginning of Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, and uh, the wee Irish man is certainly part of that. The wee Irish man is uh, a little inside joke I had with my friend Wes, uh, who I did mud shows with, and who's also a musician. I also extended the joke with my friend uh, Andrew Sklar, who plays a character uh, who is a musician, Randall Piper. Uh, very funny stuff. Uh, it, I always rather made light of the cadence in the language of Irish poetry and songs, especially at these festivals where people do that kind of Irish country music. Uh, it's got a very diddly, 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 diddly rhythm. And uh, <laughs> you can always just put diddly, diddly, hiddly hoo in any sort of an Irish song. Hiddly, diddly, goodly goo. There's always someone going down somewhere and meeting somebody. Uh, who did I meet as I went to Galway? Sort of hiddly hoo, hee hoo, diddly do. Anyway, uh, that's what this poem comes out of. This is called The Wee Irish Man. As I went down to Donegal one morning for to spy, the restless sea entangled with the vexed and furied sky. I saw a little Irishman dancing in the glen. But tell me, little Irishman, and then tell me again. I see a sack hanging there, dangling by your side. Prithee, little Irishman, do tell what be inside. What be this inside me sack? A mumbly sprite for sure. It wiggles, woggles, does a jig, then knocks you to the floor. And here's a Katie bar the door no bigger than a sigh. Have a whoops the baby too, don't let it hit your eye. A stick it in your kumquat makes a thought-provoking gift. A fudgy in the manhole gives your pants an extra lift. Slap me with a clam pie and yodel up my skirt. Puff it twice and let it rip. Stand back before it squirts. Munch my muffin, fluff my pillows, coax it till it swells. Grip it tight until it's white. Enjoy its many smells. Google me with buttered corn and flog the naughty elf. Cut the dumplings, burp the turnip with friends or by yourself. Wiggle willy in the bush and play the meat flap. Stump the pumpkin, jerk the gherkin, make the page boy bleed. On and on he raved until I slowly backed away. I left him in that glen and he may still be there today. So please avoid the Irish guy. I'm sure he's working blue. He's filthy crude and just plain wrong. And he herped up my sister, too. 
Thank you. I will say <clears throat> that as uh, sensibilities in our world change, uh, I sometimes change my poetry, and that poem used to end quite differently with a different line, and I have uh, thrown that on the boneyard of phrases no longer acceptable. <laughs> Maybe they never were acceptable. Yes, I am capable of editing myself. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. That is the We Irish Man. Oh, and by the way, mumbly sprite. That term came out of a skit that I wrote when I was with an old uh, sketch comedy troupe in New York City when I lived there with my friends Jimmy and Carmi and Lauren and Tim and uh, a bunch of friends, David Rosenberg as well. Uh, we wrote a, well, I wrote a skit called uh, Mumbly Sprite in which people were sitting on a subway and they look all tired and bored and out comes this little Irish man with a potato on a stick and he tries to sell them something called a Mumbly Sprite. He ends up getting buggered at the end with a potato on a stick. I don't know how we got to that. We probably just forced that into it. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me. Again, if you want any information on the upcoming off-Broadway show, which is tentatively scheduled for this November, go to ArthurGreenleafHolmes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you. This has been the wildly inappropriate podcast of Arthur Greenleaf Holmes. Counselors are standing by for those of you in need of a good talk down. Please send all complaints to the Ministry of Abiding Indifference, whose address we haven't yet gotten around to. Follow Arthur on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and your local police blotter, and go to ArthurGreenleafHolmes.com to find out how you can be responsible for bringing this pervert to an off-Broadway theater. We'll see you next week. Toodles. Hosted on dimlywit.com.